Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we're doing called Developing a Disciple's Heart. We're in the 29th week. This has been a very long series. I know, woo! I was talking to a friend of mine that pastors the vineyard up in Miami today. We were on the phone chatting. Uh, they've got a, a, a very large church up there. We were talking about doing series and stuff. And I said, I'm 29 weeks into a series. And he just started to laugh. He said, everybody leave if I did a series for 29 weeks up there. So uh, his are four to six weeks. But thanks for hanging with me. And, um, you know, I just think it's so important to... Uh, develop these habits in our lives, to really develop disciples' hearts, that it changes everything about life, that the life of a disciple is the best life available, there's nothing better, nothing compares to it, and um, it takes just a little bit on our part, a little bit of movement on our part to, to move towards, he's always there waiting for us, but we need to carve out that time, and that's what we've been talking about, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, uh, that we just, and I, I really think you should start your day with it where we just hang out with God. And so this whole thing has been this primer that we've talked about to sort of give you a little direction. I I know it really helps me to have a little focus when I get going. So I'm not just, because my mind, I don't know about you, but my mind goes in a lot of directions. I have one of those minds that's thinking about all sorts of stuff. And um, if I don't have something to focus on, even in my prayer time, if I don't have a little bit of direction, I will start thinking about other things. And I just go, I just start moving in that direction. That's just, I don't know if that happens to everybody. It happens to me. All of a sudden, you know, things that I got to do that day start coming up and things that didn't get finished the day before and all sorts of other things. And I'll, I'll just start losing sort of my way. So having this primer for me um, helps me to stay focused. And it allows me to even deal with those thoughts that I'm having by kind of um, um, putting them into the framework of my connecting with God. Because if something's on my mind, usually it means I haven't either hung out with God enough about it or I'm worrying about it and I don't need to be or my focus isn't right or something's, something's not there and I need to put that in its proper perspective for the day uh, in order to handle it. And so that's what this primer does for me. And we've broken this thing into seven sections. We've talked about getting focused. We've talked about getting thankful. We've talked about getting connected. We've talked about getting dressed. We've talked about getting encouraging, and now we're in a section I called Get Her Done, just because I like to say it, and uh, last week in this one, and then the, the last section is also called Get Her Done, but it's with a question mark, and it's Get Her Done, and that's really about the end of the day, trying to squeeze in another five minutes, and sort of connecting with how the day went, uh, and that's a very, very old practice um, that the old monks used to do, and I'll introduce you to that one. It's called the conscious examine. And you just kind of hang out and, and ask God a few questions. Uh, ask yourself kind of a few questions while you're hanging out with God. But you ask yourself, you know, where did God show up in the day? And where did I see things happen? And what opportunities did I, I move into for the kingdom? And what did I miss? And, and where did I make good choices? And where did I make not so good choices? And what was the result? And in a few minutes time, uh, it sort of gives you a little something to um, jot down. And then you've got something to pray about the next day. And and that last section we'll talk about next week is really about loving ourselves well. The first three parts of this primer are about loving God. These middle three are about loving others. And the last one is really about loving ourselves well by looking at how we did and what we should have done and what we didn't do so that we can get better uh, at it, which is our heart's desire, and move more and more into the life that God's called us to because that's the best thing we can do for ourselves is to walk this thing out in accordance with the plan that he has for us. 
And that's what, what this whole series has been about. So we're almost done. I think I've got uh, three weeks probably left. And then I may actually work you through what it actually looks like to me when we're doing it um, together. So um, we're, we're heading towards the end. But last week in our, our section on um, Get Her Done, we, we looked at Matthew 6.33, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And we, we talked about getting our focus on the kingdom of God, about letting him take care then of everything else, which he's much better at than us. And we looked at the story of the feeding of the 5,000, and I said to you that compassion is a real hallmark of the life of a disciple. That one of the ways you can sort of tell uh, how you're doing in, uh, in your kingdom focus is that you really do have a heart for other people, particularly the lost. That uh, you, you have shifted off of yourself enough um, because of the kingdom that you, you really do care about other people and you realize that people that don't know Jesus are in trouble and, and they might be perfectly lovely people and uh, all sorts of things but if, if they don't know Jesus there's an issue that needs to be resolved and that we, we need to find ways to penetrate the barriers that people have put up um, that allow us to live out the gospel in front of them with the hopes that at some point we'll be able to share it with them in some way. And so it's not uh, a beating over the head or anything like that because that's going to get rejected and it's, it's not uh, the ways that um, perhaps we used to do it uh, you know, in, in uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It's, it's really now uh, we have to live it out in front of people and we have to sort of earn the right by loving people well without condition. You know, we love them well hoping we get a chance but we're going to love them well regardless that at some point they might, um, an opportunity might arise where we can tell them about the hope that we have in Christ and uh, present it to them in ways that, that they can receive and make sense. So that's really what it's all about. And today we're going to look at Matthew seven twelve, um, which is probably best known, you probably know it as the golden rules, which, and it says, uh, when we look at it, man, not going there, but so in everything do to others as you would have them do to you. It's a huge, another big, huge principle in the life of a disciple. But first, I just had these few things. I thought um, that this was interesting. We, we serve a lot of coffee here. Um, I, I don't know if any of you have ever thought about what it takes to give six, seven, eight, nine hundred people a weekend coffee. Um, and everybody seems to drink coffee. They'll be going back there with four machines nonstop from the time that we get started until they leave. It's cases of coffee. It's really wild. Uh, and uh, so here's, here's a little thing. Um, just to help you with that, um, you, you're drinking way too much coffee if uh, your eyes stay open when you sneeze. That might be a sign that you're, you got a little. Or you may be drinking too much coffee if you can jumpstart your car without cables. No? <laughs> too much coffee, you can take a picture of yourself from 10 feet away without using the timer, like the flash. You're so wired, you pick up FM radio. I don't know. It's just here on my list. I like this one. You're drinking too much coffee if instant coffee takes too long. Oh, I can't wait for that. Just let me eat the powder. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. You've done that? That's bad. That's... <laughs> that's... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just a flashback to bachelor living for me. Just give me a spoonful of coffee 
and I'll have a bachelor salad. You know what a bachelor salad is? It's when you just have it, all you have is the, the lettuce head, and you, so you don't have to use plates or anything. You just crack it open over the sink, run a little water over it, and you just snack on it right there. Bachelor salad. It's been 30-some years, but I remember them. You, you may be drinking too much coffee if your lips are permanently stuck in the sipping position. All right, last one. I'm glad, I know you're glad. Too much coffee. You introduce your spouse as your coffee mate. I saved the best for last, and I can tell by your response that none of them are any good. Scripture reading, fortunately, comes right now. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 7, 12 through 14, out of the message paraphrase. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So um, I I like that uh, paraphrase, and I think it talks about what I've been talking about. This life of God requires... um, uh, uh, vigorous attention that we have to seek after it and it, we just can't uh, there's no surefire easy plan that you can sort of fill in you know here and there whenever you get a chance it can't be just practice in your spare time it's a way of living and Matthew seven twelve is the verse that we're really going to study today so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets um, as with Matthew 6.33, I think this is one of those foundational verses, and I put these two together on purpose, because to me, they're sort of a great guide. You're, if you're connected with God, and you're loving on him, and you've, you've thought about encouraging others, and you're spiritually prepared with the armor on, now these two are sort of the uh, verses, I think, that really guide us through the day as we go through it. We're going to have our focus on the kingdom of God. You know, we still have things to do. We've got to work. We've got to do the things, but, but there's a kingdom focus. And, and now, um, this 7.12 is sort of the key relational verse, I think, about how we're going to um, interact with other people. We're going to, uh, in everything, do to them what we would like to have done to us. And that's how we're going to operate uh, in our daily lives. That's what the life of a disciple looks like. It's different than the life of the culture around us. Um, and it, it's really, really very helpful to practice in your life. Um, it's, it's the principle for how we relate to others. Um, I think most of you would agree, uh, if we were to take a little poll right now, that relationships can get really complicated. All relationships can be very complicated. What am I supposed to do in relationship? What I think someone I'm in relationship with is supposed to do? Uh, how I feel when they don't do what I think they're supposed to do? How they feel when I don't do what they think I'm supposed to do? All these expectations are out there, and it's very complicated. It can be very complicated in our lives. But Matthew seven twelve gives us his great answer, uh, and, and remember that verse, it's, it's do to others what you would have them do to you. It's not do one to others before you, they can do one to you. You're not trying to get out ahead of that. Um, it's not, and this is important, it's not treat people the way that they treat you. It's treat people the way you would like to be treated. And the thing is, you do your part, how they respond is completely on them and it's between them and God and it's not the issue. The only issue at stake is 
that you're going to treat people the way you want to be treated. That's what we're to do in the kingdom of God. Um, and, and see, that is different. Love in the kingdom of God is different than love in the world. And the biggest difference, and I, you, you may have heard me talk about it before, but it's, it's worth constantly thinking about, is, is something that um, I think about as the law of reciprocity. In, in our society, that, that's the law at work. It's not the golden rule that's at work, primarily. It's the law of reciprocity. And what that says is this, that I will treat you the way you treat me. It's reciprocal. However you treat me, that's how I'm going to treat you. You treat me bad, you're going to get bad right back. If you treat me nice, you'll probably get nice back. But however you treat me, I'm going to treat you. And it's kind of the mainstay in our society. And at some level, because not everyone is, is a, certainly a believer, it's a fairly important part of society. It needs to be there to keep society intact from falling apart. But as people of the kingdom of God, we have a different standard. And um, our standard taught to us by Jesus is that we're to treat people the way we want to be treated. That means we need to initiate love, just not respond to it. We're to be kind to everyone, not just to the people that are kind to us. Do you get how different this is than what most of us experience? It's completely different in, in the kingdom of God. Um, we treat others right, regardless of how they treat us. And all of us probably need to take a really good look continually about how we're treating others and that my, my, uh, my guess would be that most of us are more influenced, unfortunately, by the law of reciprocity than we are by the golden rule. And so we, we really have to be working at that and asking God to help us to do that in our lives. And fortunately, Jesus, who once again is our model for life and ministry, shows us how to live in relationship with God and others. And to live out uh, this life as his disciples, we need to follow his lead and look at some of the things that we've uh, talked about before in this living, but they, they need to hopefully come together here in this part of us getting our hearts right to go out and uh, live for him. And so the first point here, note, I have a lot of introduction, but the first point there is that we need to do what he did. You've probably heard me say that before. We need to do what he did. You can also write down, we need to do what he does. Jesus is still alive, uh, very much alive, and he's still very much active in all these things. Um, but, you know, we represent, the church represents him now. Uh, we're his hands and feet. We're, we're his body uh, here on the earth. And he modeled for us when he was here the first time. And so if you hear me use a past tense, that's just what it means. Um, we're, we're, we're looking at how he lived life and then trying to follow that in our lives now. John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus himself said, listen, if you have faith in me, if you're following me, if you're my disciples, you will do what I did. Even greater things. Because at, at some point, there's, you know, the, the church is able to take on under the anointing of the Spirit and do all sorts of amazing stuff. Um, but but the, the thing is, we need to understand that that's how we're supposed to live. We're to look at how he lived, and then we're to do those things and do what he did. And he showed us all the sorts of things that he did. He cared for people, he had compassion, he, he ministered to people, he stopped for people, he listened to people, he went out of his way to, to bless people, to encourage others. He wasn't self-focused at all. Um, those are the things that he did. And as he did those things, the, the kingdom of God broke through in tremendous ways. And, and so we need to know that we need to, to do what he did. That's what he was teaching his disciples to do. 
I love that about Jesus. He, he modeled life for his disciples. He would, he would show them by having them hanging around with him. He would show them what it looked like. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. And he would go and do these things. And then he'd say, okay, now you've seen it. Now you go and do it. And then they would go and do it. And they'd come back and report back to him. This worked, this didn't. And he'd kind of tune them up a little bit. And then he said, go, go do it again. And that's how they did it. They, they saw what he did and they went and did it. And that's how it still works. It just gets passed down through us from the church throughout generation to generation and that's what we're supposed to do. So we need to do what he did. We need to secondly see what he saw. And, and uh, that to me is again part of this dynamic of the golden rule that um, I want to treat people the way I want to be treated and I know how Jesus treats me and, and so I want to move in that. I want to see people the way that he does. Matthew 9.36 When he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Um, Jesus saw people that had gone invisible to everybody else. And I don't mean, you know, actually invisible. I just mean that they had so sort of melted into the crowd and their surroundings that nobody saw them. They walked by them and never saw them. And I'm fascinated sometimes, even in our own lives, how quickly that can happen. You, you can walk by certain people and they become such a part of the scenery that you don't even realize they're there. You just don't even see them anymore. And, and it's, uh, it can happen very quickly. And we need to be aware of it. And we need to be always thinking, um, you know, with our kingdom sensors up, is there something we're supposed to do? Or Sometimes it's just a smile. Do you know if someone feels invisible, and they feel it when they go, they, I, they, can, they know that they've blended into nowhere. Sometimes just a smile and saying hello makes a huge difference in somebody's life. Do you ever, do you ever notice that a lot of people you, you see, they never seem to smile? I watch that as I'm walking around all the time. I look at people and I, I always try and be smiley. I mean, not in, a, not in a weird sort of, you know, they're gonna hate me kind of way. You know, this whole thing, you know, and one of the things too, is we talk about all this stuff. Um, um, we, we don't wanna come off as weird because then people can just dismiss us. So, you know, you need to think about that. I mean, the, it's, it's all a little different anyway, but so I, I don't like, you know, ah, that kind of smile is not what I'm talking about. I'm, that looked weird, didn't it? Yeah, it did look weird. I went and looked. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll walk into Winn-Dixie and I'll say hello. I, I smile at people and say hello. Just normal, natural, hi, how are you? And, you know, a lot of people won't even respond. They just give you the scowl and you think, oh. Uh, and, and other people will and they'll brighten right up because it seems like the frown has taken over. Uh, and uh, it's not just Winn-Dixie. I think, oh, maybe they just don't like shopping, and that's not it at all. It happens everywhere. And I think, wow, um, how simple is it to... But I really try and look at people. Do you ever try and look? Just try and catch their eyes? Not, again, not in a weird way. Not that they feel like they're being stalked or something. But uh, you don't want to follow them, follow them up and down the rows of Winn-Dixie um, <laughs> until they smile at you. I'm not leaving until you smile at me. They're dialing 911. I'm just, just talking about looking at people and smiling and saying hello. And sometimes that's what they need because no, it's not happening. And then you never know where it goes. Yeah, sometimes you get opportunities to take it deeper than that. But it doesn't have to be. Um, so we need to see what he saw. Um, we need to, third, we need to think as he thought. 
Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. That's one of those verses, it goes on from there, I'm pulling it out of context just a hair, but um, I ponder that one all the time. Uh, the attitude of Christ, this is what our attitude is supposed to be. Your, that your attitude should be the same as that of Christ. That's a pretty tough one to live up to. Um, but it's, it's pretty good to give yourself an attitude check pretty regularly and see how it goes. But that's what, that's what we're, we're shooting at. And again, when we, when we enter into it in times, uh, we find that that's life. That's where life really is. So we need attitude adjustments throughout the day. And, and you know, it, I think all of us can have, we just need to catch ourselves quicker. Sometimes I'll, I'll get stressed and I realize I've, I've lost my, I've lost some of my grace, maybe. Uh, and I've, one of the things that happens sometimes I start to get a little sarcastic when I'm stressed. Does that happen to anybody? And uh, I'll notice that I'm, I'm getting, and I, in my day I was really good at sarcasm. And that's not something that I want to bring back um, because it's mean, you know. It's, and so, so anyway, it, when I, I try and catch myself as quick as I can and go, I don't want to be that person anymore. That's not, there's no life there. So what's going on? What am I not dealing with? What am I not, you know, handing back over to God? Where am I at? Because I don't want to be like that. I don't want to treat people that way because I don't want to be treated that way. I don't want to be sarcastic. Somehow. I don't want people being sarcastic to me. Does it make sense? Um, so we, we want to treat people the way that we want to be treated. Four, um, we always need to look for opportunities to serve like he served. Uh, Jesus was a servant king. Fascinating concept. Again, unheard of when he came. Turned the world upside down when he was, when he was working with his guys because they were all fighting over who would be the greatest and he would just say, you know what? You want to be the greatest in the kingdom? Be the servant of all. That's who the greatest in the kingdom is. Be like one of these kids. Just totally un, undid them to the point where they really never, they never got it the entire time they were with him until after the crucifixion and resurrection. They never got it until then because they couldn't handle the concept. No, no, you don't understand, Jesus. We're, there's 12 of us here, and we need to figure out the hierarchy, which one's going to be the greatest, and they had already figured it out to who they thought the top three were, and those three were always battling about who, which one it was. And Jesus would say, well, you, no, no, it's, I, I want you to serve. Remember, he washed their feet. Did you get it yet? And no. They still didn't get it, but they would. But see, we need to be servants. That's, that's where life is found. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And again, a lot of times we can get caught in that. We want it all to work out for us and we want it to be about us and we stop caring about people, other people, especially if we think they're supposed to be serving us and uh, then we forget that they're people and they just become part of the machinery and why did it take three minutes to get my hamburger when it should have taken 60 seconds and obviously it's your fault. And they're just sitting there pushing the buttons, taking the, you, you know what I mean? I, but we, it's not what it's all about. It's just not. The stuff that we tend to get worked up over almost is never worth it. There's some stuff that's legitimate, but, but it's just not as often as we think. There, there's some stuff that's legitimate, but not that something took five minutes longer than it should have. Very rarely is that worth getting worked up over. Point five. We need to love as he loved and loves. John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. 
See, things look different, a lot different his way. Those, those ideas, again, will change the way that we live life. If we can really do it. If we, need to, if we can get into the fact that as the disciples, we're going to do what he did. Just taking that in ought to make you step back. Seriously, that's the truth. You're going you're gonna to do what he did. And if, read about what he did. He did some pretty cool stuff. He ushered in the kingdom of God wherever he went. He prayed for people. Things happened. He loved people. He encouraged them. He got them turned around, moving on the right track, blessed people, did all kinds of neat stuff. And that's us. We, we're, we're, we're supposed to be doing that stuff. And opportunities, we don't have to make them happen. They'll happen if we understand that they can happen. And then, you know, we, we need to start seeing like he saw and thinking like he thought, serving like he served, loving like he loved. And that it will change the way that we go through life. It's a, it's a huge deal. So it's about, to me, the, the golden rule is this. Um, it's about less of a self-focus and more of an other people focus. That's really what it comes down to. Is it all about me and what's going on with me and how is it, or is it more about other people? And, and making a decision, I'm going to treat people the way I want to be treated. How they treat me is really on them, between them and God. And I'm still going to treat them the way I want to be treated. You know, I'm not going to let them walk all over me or be mean to me or do any of those other things, but I'm going to keep responding to them the way I, I would like to be treated, with respect, with dignity, 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 diggity, 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 dig, diggity. Um, I, c- compassion, love, non-critical as I can be, non-judgmental, giving them a break, great, you know, all those things that I need desperately in my life. That's how I want to treat others. And it's all part of that. So last uh, little illustration I have. Um, I know I've done this before, but it's one of my favorites. Hang on. I need, I need my phone. Only, not, I'm not going to make a phone call. Look, he's making a phone call right in the middle of the message. <laughs> What's he going to do next? See, now, I just took your picture. I just took your picture. And if I wasn't on camera, I could walk over there and show this to you. But here's always what fascinated me. If I showed you this picture of that group and you were looking at this picture, you know how you would determine if it was a good picture or not? How you looked. I promise you, you wouldn't even look at anybody else. You'd do the same. You would look at you in that picture and if you looked good, that's a good picture. Everybody else might have been staring off, all red-eyed, whatever, hair all over the place. But if you looked good, that's a great picture. Let's post that everywhere. Everybody else is like, ah! See, that's our focus. And, and you need to figure that out in life that you can't just look at your part. There's a bigger part. There's more to it than that. Picture's really about, in the case of the kingdom, how everybody else looks. But how you look is kind of accidental and whatever incidental doesn't make a difference but think about that it will really start to impact you and next time you're going to go do that next time you look at a group group picture see see if you don't just look at you if there's more than you in the picture you look at you i know but if there's two people in the picture it's a good picture if you look good and you you may not even notice what other people's concern you never look past you look at me how nice or oh that's a terrible picture look at me pretty fascinating stuff but we have to break through all that in order to find life in the kingdom. Okay, I'm gonna end it there today. If you're watching on television or uh, on video, thank you so much for spending your time with us. We appreciate it. Get a hold of us if, you can, if we can pray for you. There's our website, check us out. 
And we're thankful for you spending time with us today. We're going to pray uh, briefly and then we'll close for.